because we got the alternative energy molecular free autonomy and welcome to the radioactive show produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the community radio network Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced on Ghana land for 3CR Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. My name's Mara. The Federal Government is still pushing for a national waste dump site in South Australia. We've faced this challenge before. Now we need to learn from the past, act in the present and build a cleaner future. On Saturday 19th of August, a special event was held, bringing together people from the Arati Wanti Mukati and Current Campaigns. On this week's Radioactive Show, we hear some of the speakers' courageous and inspiring stories of people on the front line, learn the history of community resistance and how together we can win. First up, we hear from Karina Lester from the No Dump Alliance. So I want to take this opportunity to open this event, this event about coming and saying, we say no to nuclear. We certainly are good fighters and we've done that for quite some time and as this day is about looking back for 20 odd years of a, of a, a long journey and you know we made some wonderful friends along the way and we certainly continue to build our networks and our friendships there as well and we've lost some great fighters along the way as well. The, the alliance that we established will certainly continue its work. The Alliance was what we developed and pulled together when Jay Wetherill was running the Royal Commission into International Waste Storage Facility. So the Alliance was formed and that was a network of amazing people, from doctors to people who have knowledge of what happens in that nuclear world and nuclear industry and also people, fighters from Maralinga days to... EMU test as well, along with my late father, Yami Lester. But he was our patron, a true fighter, and certainly we will continue that work. So today is just really reflecting and looking back on those wonderful journeys and the lessons, I guess, we learnt along the way as well. And we certainly have acknowledged that it's really a team effort. It's not just animal fighting this. It's not just Aboriginal communities that are fighting this. We certainly wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for great people out there who have really rallied behind us. The Wandi story was a big journey from when John Howard made the announcement of putting a national waste storage facility at a corner station in the far north of our state of South Australia. My beautiful grandmothers rallied together and they formed the Gulbabidi Gungajuda and that was a very powerful group. Those women certainly taught me a lot of lessons. And our history, of course, going all the way back to those British nuclear tests, was what those old women had experienced. They, you know, and as my father also spoke about Elso, that was when the ground shook and the black mist rolled. They experienced that, they saw that, they suffered from it, and still to this day we suffer from that as well. So we have certainly come from those backgrounds of strong fighters and the Eredi Wandi story is certainly one massive story of those beautiful women who got together and fought very strongly against the Howard government. But of course, typical, when we won that fight it moved on north into the Northern Territory and of course it was a struggle for the Muckety community as well. We're currently now, as I mentioned, focused on the current issue of South Australia communities Um, being pressured again by 
again, the National Waste Storage Facility. So it's come back around again, 360 to South Australia. And I think we should find a little hope in ourselves, in our fighting skills, that we can really challenge this one again because we've come from fighting it previously as well with the Eredi Wandi campaign and that story. And we still have one more fight, but I believe strongly that we can fight this one. And I believe that we can really support the community that are pressured um, to really get a strong message across that South Australia is not going to be a dumping ground. That was Karina Lester from the No Dump Alliance. Next, we hear from Nina Brown, who was active in the successful Irati Wanti campaign. It probably, for me personally, started in about 1999 when the Kungas first travelled out of their country and they caught the train to Melbourne. This global Indigenous solidarity conference, which was being hosted by Friends of the Earth. And it was a radical kind of conference where we're hearing from Aboriginal people from all over the world fighting for their country. And it was a universal story. It wasn't the technical side. It was the side about our country and our rights to say no and our right to be heard and that our voice and our word is our evidence. And we, I guess that really resonated for us in Melbourne and it was around talking about the EMU test and talking about we were young people, we were walking on the country, we were there on the stations. It happened here in the 60s and it's not going to happen again. And it was before, I still think about it, it was before Facebook, it was before mobiles. So we'd have to sit down and, and write letters. The Kunga's words were the biggest thing that we would sit down and do and they would be how we campaigned and how we spread that out. So it would be like a new party leader, a new kind of conversation every time. That would be our sort of point and we would sit down and write a strong letter and we would sort of distribute that in very old-fashioned ways. I mean, we were faxing, but we were also thinking that that word didn't need bells and whistles, it didn't need to be changed or to be made more important with scientific evidence or whitefella scientists that they had, and we knew that they were doing good work. New Friends of the Earth and ACF and all of that, they've got that nuclear waste side handled. We've got this story of the country and this story of our, of our rights. All those words, you hear it, you know, where are your ears, you're not listening, you're not listening, repeat, repeat. We're just going to say the same thing, we're going to travel, we're going to invite you. And to me, that was sort of really it, it was just consistency and just being an absolute dog at a bone, not backing down, not being thrown around by every new little thing and not trying to outfox the government and just sitting really, really tight. One of the strongest things that um, I remember sort of being part of was around going to the Lucas Heights reactor and meeting with all the Kunga Judah there and all the Sydney supporters and people there and really thinking about, you know, this is the birthplace of this waste, we've got to go see it, we've got to go talk there. And then travelling the whole way down that proposed waste dump and meeting all the communities and stakeholders and people along the way, running into every Aboriginal person and just being able to stop and talk with those Kungas you know, mapping, driving that. They weren't going to fly to Sydney. We have to drive this road like the waste dump. We've got to sit there in that scariest road coming around Katoomba and Blue Mountains in this rain. I think that's where it becomes. It's not really about my backyard and I full respect for the communities that have been doing it this sort of round three. Like I sort of see Muckety as that round two and then back here for this sort of third round. We're all still here. And that thing that it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't Coopedia, it wasn't, you know, it was 67,000 square kilometres. The Kungas weren't claiming it, they weren't trying to say, 
we're speaking for this land and it's about that. They were speaking for all of South Australia. They were speaking for their mob in Broken Hill, you know, and, and their friends and their people that they'd made in Sydney. There wasn't a sense that it only has to be localised. You know, and the, and the waste dump and the proposed waste dump route really does that for you. You know, it creates that idea this is always going to be a physical transport, you know, from Lucas Heights over to here. And that brings the five or six million people that live over there to some of the smallest communities that can feel so, I guess, alone and isolated and, and ignored. Again, I don't, when the Kungas call themselves winners and we called it, you know, and we celebrated as well, we weren't, again, claiming that that, that that was the only thing. It was just this complete cascading six, seven years of working together, of everyone having their sort of dance moves, like this is what you can do, this is what you can do, this is the media you can do, and um, really sharing that place. And then, yeah, so you're sort of claiming it in that we talked, we did not back down, we didn't get caught up in fighting, we didn't get caught up in all the struggles and things that we had going on in Coobapedia and Port Augusta at the time. Um, we stayed really focused and, and we outlived this plan. Kungas spent the next year kind of making sure they got all that down and there's, the books are still here. And that was because they knew that it was not going to go away. They knew that they were going to go somewhere else. And as soon as that NT... It was before they called Muckety, but they had, we've got three sites, they're all going to be on Commonwealth land. Boom, back in, straight, you know, back in the minibus, 700 k's up the road to Alice Springs to launch their book to all the traditional owners that were there and all the mob that were thinking, didn't even really know what was happening in NT at the time, but the Kungas took that story. But thinking back to those from 98 and that this isn't sort of even 20 years of different battles it's the same story we've all been part of it um, and that's the winning formula that was nina brown from the orati wanti campaign you're listening to the radioactive show broadcast nationally on the community radio network today we're hearing some of the speakers from the recent we say no event in adelaide and their stories of 20 years of resisting a national radioactive waste dump next we hear from nat wasley from the beyond nuclear initiative about the muckety campaign for many years we actually ran around chasing four sites and that was until 2012 when those three Department of Defence sites were formally knocked off when the new legislation passed. We were actually not only chasing and campaigning on Muckety but also keeping three other communities who were thousands of kilometres away from each other in the loop, up to date and attending events. And I think the government's tactic was to try and divide our energies by doing that but actually what it meant was that there was four times the amount of people who were actively campaigning on the issue. So what they thought would divide us actually made us stronger. When the Kungas came up to Alice Springs to launch their book, that was the launch of the Northern Territory campaign. And really, that was one of the most incredibly poignant and amazing things that they could have done because what it said to the traditional owners and the community around Alice Springs and those sites was that we're not starting from scratch. You're building on a solid decade and more's worth of work. We have networks, we have friends, we have ideas, we have wins, and we're building on that. We're not starting again. Here's our networks, here's our ideas, and here's our solidarity. 
The Northern Land Council say they nominated that piece of land on behalf of a group of traditional owners at Muckety. It became clear that the use of the word volunteer and nomination meant that Muckety was going to be the number one target on their list. It raised big questions about the accountability of the Land Council, about the consultation process and about what consent actually means for communities. So one thing we were doing, I was in Alice Springs, but the campaigners who were in the cities and supporters around were really trying to think what resonated about this that they could broaden the networks and broaden our support. So we approached human rights groups. We really made a concerted effort to work with trade unions who've always been there in the struggle, you know, who historically have stopped shipments of uranium, who've said that they're not going to transport waste because of the effect on workers, but also the effect on communities. But we really looked for the messages that would resonate with those particular groups and to actively seek them out. The government was always trying to play on the community tensions to say that one group wanted it, one group didn't want it. And I know in South Australia that's something they're trying to do again. But one thing in Muckety in particular, people made a big effort to focus their target where it belonged, and that was on the government. It was the government throwing breadcrumbs to people to say, here's a little bit of money to quarantine for housing, for infrastructure and for education scholarships. And when you sit and think about that in the city, who has to have a nuclear waste dump in exchange for an education scholarship? It sounds absurd. And so that's the sort of thing we talked about in those meetings in the cities when traditional owners came down to visit. And then people started to understand. They could see the pictures of the country and they could piece together that the government was targeting disenfranchised communities. Traditional owners fought really hard from the ground. They rallied year after year. They had events in their local community, but they also travelled. They travelled to the cities and they invited people to come out to country in exchange. We had a national trade union delegation that came out and that really helped tip the balance and get people working towards a resolution that went through the Australian Council of Trade Unions that represents two million members to support affected communities to fight. We made a point when people came to the cities to visit workplaces too and to speak to rank and file members at Port Botany, at Port Darwin. So really reaching out to grassroots people and to make those connections. I'm in Sydney now. I live in southern Sydney, actually, so my local paper covers the Lucas Heights news and the Lucas Heights area. So it's always front of mind for me when I see these stories about their whiz-bang new expansion of their medical isotope production. And there's never a story in there about what's going to happen to that waste. Never. What they promised the local community is if the replacement reactor was built, then that waste would be out of there because they wanted it out of sight, out of mind. But as you know from putting up that fight from 20 years ago, they're consistently hitting the hurdles of strong, resilient communities with campaign knowledge that spans decades. Dave Sweeney from Australian Conservation uh, Foundation and I were laughing about this the other day trying to count how many ministers we've gone through, not just because of their citizenship problems, but actually how many ministers we've gone through since this all started. And while the department has a bit of knowledge, they don't have the same absolutely solid campaign knowledge that we do in this room and beyond. And we really have to use that and build on that. We're trying to push towards what we want, which is an independent inquiry, because it's something that's never happened in Australia. And we really, really need that to happen an independent inquiry into production and management of radioactive materials. That was Nat Wosley from the Beyond Nuclear Initiative looking back at the campaign that stopped a waste dump at Muckety in the Northern Territory. You're listening to The Radioactive Show. Now we'll go to the current fight against the establishment of a national radioactive waste facility in South Australia. We'll hear from the three Mackenzie sisters, Vivian, Heather and Regina. First up is Vivian. I'm as an Aboriginal person. 
We don't own the land, the land owns us. So we've got to respect this land. And with what's happening now with this waste dump, it's like what they did at colonisation. When they forcibly removed Aboriginal children from their families, saying, we will give you a better life. And that's what they're doing today with Aboriginal people in the modern day. Now, we've got to stand all together. We're different colours, one people. But this is about our voices to be heard. And um, like we said, everybody's saying, old J-boy's got to listen. We'll remember the election's coming up. And at this very moment, the federal government is in disarray because of the dual citizenship. And like I stand here today, who, who do we talk to now about the minister who's dealing with the, with the waste dump? Barnaby Joyce is no longer. He's sitting there. He's going to a high court. So where do we stand today? I was taken away from my family, myself and Heather, and they told us that they were going to educate us. They did educate me. They educated me into their way, and that's with, their ed- that's with the education. And one of the things we said to them, we can come to your level, but you can't come down to, you can't come to our level. You don't understand us. We are the people of this country. We are the people of the land. The mother is our land. And that's what we were taught as kids. And honestly and truly, I thank you all today for your support. Thank you. And one of the things that our mum said to us when the property of Yapala was purchased for us, she said, you look after this land and the land will look after you. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to keep the land. We're going to look after the land. The land's going to look after us. And there is no waste dump in South Australia, period. My Michi's name is Heather Stewart. I'm Heather McKenzie born. Me and Regina and Vivian have been fighting this waste dump for a while now, for a few years. We've had tragedy in our family twice last year. I lost my son and we lost our nephew. But I'm going to go on fighting for my son. <laughs> Country in the Flinders Ranges, that belongs to the Adyamutna people. The dreaming is our everyday life. It's our education. It's our health programs. It's our food. It's the water. It's the land. This waste dump, it's going to ruin our storylines. It's going to kill our culture. We've already been killed out once in Lear Creek. That was in 1949. The, the uranium waste at Mount Painter, that also killed the Adjimutna culture in some ways. That's why the ceremonies and that had to stop, because of those two places. And they're bribing with money, and like I was watching with the Makiti people and that and with the other people, they're promising these dollars for housing, for different things. They're setting up these committees. I won't be a part of those committees because I don't want to get involved with those people. I won't even go over to Lucas Heights because I just look at it. Why should I go there? That's my land, which they're trying to poison. That's my father's country. So it's, I've got his, the right of him to be there. Um, going back to the dreaming stories there, there's dreaming stories not only one with Pungapudna or Yungapudna, there's other stories there. There's the Archini, the Seven Sisters. There's Vidni Morana or Beeble, and where he's gone past there. Wallabadina is the home with the Willy Wagtail, the Entity Entity. Kodabina, which is uh, south, like on the western side of uh, Wallabadina, is actually a part of our property. But no one seems to listen because there's promised 15 jobs. And what's 15 jobs to, you know, hundreds of jobs with tourism? That place where Hookner Waterhole is and that creek, Hookner Creek, can be turned into a good tourist spot. And my late son, he said to me, he said, Mum, you and Auntie Regina, you've got to do it. 
you know, tell the world about this place because it's too beautiful to destroy. And he said, don't let them destroy it. And that's why I'm going to keep fighting. With what these lot are doing now from Canberra, it's not good. It's causing cultural genocide on us, once again, you know. Uh, a lot of our people were, like I said earlier, they were killed out, they were shot out and things like that when they had all these disease put up on them with blankets and that, given to them with laced with smallpox. But what they're doing, again, they're poisoning us. They want to poison our yatta, our country. And in that country there, Regina and us, we've, um, we go out, we hunt, we live off the land. We eat the bush tucker that's there. There's wild lime trees then. They're very rare. So Regina and us, we go out there and we hunt the bush turkeys, the waller and things like that. Um, that's our supermarket. So we've got to look after this land. We don't want poison in it. And I look at it today with what's going on over in Canberra. I think the oppressor now is going to be oppressed themselves for keeping us down and keeping other people down in the community. I believe that other Watner's working are going to bring them down and we'll beat this waste dump and I'll say dump the dump. Um, what I want to talk about is like the waste dump, like Heather and Vivian said. Um, with this waste dump, uh, the cons- consultation of it has been totally horrible. Um, every day, we live it every day. At home, it's all about this waste dump. It's actually hijacked my life Heather's life and Tony's life and Vivian's life. You know, um, before the waste dump, I had done my artwork. Me and Heather's done our, med- our bush medicines and stuff. We've been working with, actually with scientists in working with our um, bush medicines. We've also um, was working with archaeology and stuff with the state government in partnership in our heritage sites. All this was put on hold. We had to give money back that we got for seeding programs. They had to go, go, go back because of this, of this waste dump. The waste dump has caused so much friction. They have accused myself of um, fabricating storylines, which is a bit weird because we've done storylines 10 years ever before they nominated a uh, waste dump. But they, they got a bad habit of trying to put down Aboriginal people. Now, with this assessment they're doing, our community, we can actually do our own assessments. We've been doing it in and around the community. But they've even gone and done this, what Frydenberg promised us. He promised us the assessment. But what Nick Canavan and his crew's done is that they've gone and said, we need an independent person to do the assessment. We then said we will work with the, um, the independent person as we always would work in partnership. They then told us, no, the independent person's just got to talk to you guys. You know, we'll just come and talk to you. That's all about it. You know, they've even taken the, our our self-development of our doing our own culture um, assessments. You know, they've taken it away from us and they're giving it to a big company. You know, and this is stuff that we were, we were trying to set up to be able to do our own assessments within the Flinders Ranges. Um, I look at it nicely as such a beautiful country. Would you dump waste on that area? Now, we've all forced Jay back down. But you know what we need to say to Jay now? We need to make Jay stand up for us. He is our leader and we need to say to him, stand up for South Australia. He needs to stand up and he needs to say to this federal government, back off of South Australia. The people have already said no. 
Our people, we've always said no to international waste dump. Why do we want a bloody um, so-called intermediate waste dump? You know? We need to tell Canberra where they can shove it. And that's what I want to say. We just heard from Vivian, Heather and Regina McKenzie about their current fight to dump the dump on their land in the Flinders Ranges. The last person we'll hear from on today's show is Craig Wilkins from the Conservation Council of South Australia. I'd like to acknowledge the fabulous people in the room, many of whom have been active on this issue for decades. And I'd like to particularly acknowledge, and I think you would have picked up as well, that even though there's some fabulous blokes involved, most of this story of resistance is one of our sisters, our aunties, our grandmothers, our mothers, our daughters. They've held this story strong, and uh, I'd like to acknowledge that in particular. We have learned so much from today, and, and this is part of the purpose, is that we need to tell this story and own this story. I mean, we've, we've heard about the importance of, our, of the land. The land is our mother, and if we look after it, it looks after us. We've heard about the importance of tenacity, about patience, about holding the space, of continuing on despite um, pain. We've heard how this stuff just divides communities um, and, and, and the heart-wrenching pain that causes, um, how it hijacks lives. We've also heard, though, about this amazing lineage that we're all part of, about passing it forward, about the family that comes together in this time and the fact that we're here today telling the stories about us coming together. And we've heard about the fact that we are winners This story is one of winning. It is amazing. And each time we tell that, we have to remind ourselves of that. We will defeat this latest push for nuclear waste dump in South Australia. I have no doubt at all about that. But the only way it can happen is if we stand up, work together and make it so. It doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. It only happens when we work together. The No Dump Alliance is active in this space. Make sure you join them. Sign the petition. Buy a T-shirt. Spread this amazing video on social media. Tell your friends and family. Do whatever it takes to get the word out. There is so much you can do. And this, and and, uh, thank you, Vivian, for your political insight, which is spot on. State election. It's coming up in a few months' time and there is nothing that focuses the attention of politicians more than voting time. And this is an issue which is resonating. They are very nervous about it. And the more that we can tell that story and and ask for them to stand up on behalf of our state, the better. So get active, talk to them, write to them, phone them up. There is so much we can do, but we will do this. Thank you so much for coming along. Get active. Thank you. Thank you to the No Dump Alliance for organising the inspiring We Say No event in August 2017. At the event, an amazing new short film called We Say No was launched. You can find it on the Flinders Local Action Group Facebook page and on YouTube. We'll post link to these on our website and Facebook page. There's also a link to a petition on the No Dump Alliance website. Please sign and share. Thanks for listening to the Radioactive Show. You can download the podcast of this program at www.3cr.org.au slash radioactive.
If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced for 3CR Melbourne with support from Friends of the Earth's Nuclear Free Collective on the lands of the Ghana people in Adelaide and is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues. Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We rely on the financial support of listeners like yourself to keep going. If you'd like to support diverse voices on your radio, go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.